Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Wright. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today, we welcome back a frequent guest, Dr. Andy Pasternak, local family practice physician with Silver Sage Center for Family Medicine and Silver Sage Sports and Fitness Lab. Welcome back, Dr. Pasternak. Good to be back. Yes, um, you were a guest, well, you've been a guest quite a few times, but you were a guest a few months ago when the pandemic first started, and we talked about quite a few issues. And so today is just sort of an update on some of the same things, but also um, maybe some new things for us to talk about. We're going into our sixth, maybe seventh month of the pandemic. There's no real end in sight, and we're all grappling with the new normal. What is the new normal for medical practices right now? Well, you know, I I think the new normal, I mean, fortunately, we've been keeping a very close track of what's been happening, you know, what's been happening in the hospitals. And and when this first happened, um, I was talking with uh, Brian Labus, who's been working with the governor. Uh, Brian's an epidemiologist down in Las Vegas and Uh working with the governor on this. And, And Brian's real metric from day one was always to look at what's happening in the hospitals. Are our hospitals getting overwhelmed? Are our ICUs getting overwhelmed? And, you know, we've seen an uptick. Um, you know, the, the, there's definitely been more patients in the hospital with COVID in the last couple of months uh, than we even saw in March and April. But it's been, man- you know, fortunately it's been manageable. Things haven't been overwhelmed. So, you know, it's just one of these glass half, half empty, half full things. We haven't seen the system get overwhelmed. You know, we'd still like to see our numbers lower. We'd like to see our hospitalizations right. lower. We'd like to see our deaths lower. Um, but we're sort of trying to balance that with, with keeping the economy going right now. Well, I've heard, um, and, you know, you and I both travel in some of the same circles, that we're learning to uh, treat the virus uh, better now than we did, say, last March. Yeah, you know, um, we definitely have more treatment options now. I mean, we're learning, you know, when to give people, you know, how we should be giving people oxygen. Um, Putting people prone um, really seems to help out. Uh, The use of steroids really, really seems to help out. Um, It's still not perfect. Again, I mean, we're still seeing patients get incredibly sick with this. You know, there's some some of the stuff, uh, some of the other experimental stuff is, is, starting to show some benefits. So we're still not, you know, 100%, but it's, we, are, we are better at treating it now than we did a few months ago. So what about your own personal practice, Dr. Pasternak? How, how has this new normal after these months, um, what is your new normal? So our new normal, really, it changes from week to week. Um, you know, when we first did this, we thought telehealth was going to be uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about this being the revolution of telehealth and we're going to have all these patients and telehealth going to take off. And we are doing more visits by telehealth than we did, you know, a year ago. But, um, you know, what we're finding is a lot of patients still want to come in. They want to be seen. Um, so we're not doing near as much health, telehealth as we, as we thought that we were going to do. Um, we are, you know, we're still having a lot of protocols in place, screening patients at the door. Um, it's making seeing as many patients as, you know, a little bit more difficult. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we are 
it, it, we're sort of scheduling out a little bit more. It's tougher for us to get inpatients just because of the, the extra work and the hygiene right. things that we have to do in the office is still, it's, it's burdensome. Yeah. Yeah. And this probably will go on for quite a while, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, um, the other issue that we're still having is we don't have a great way to test people in our office for COVID. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, um, some of the, the hospital systems in town, the county's been trying to do what they can, but sort of the scheduling for that's been difficult. But we're really finding that the hospital systems, both of them, uh, uh, have, have really stepped up. And, and so now that our testing is getting uh, much, much better, um, Renown just happened to open a testing facility next to us that we're getting results back within sometimes same day within 24 hours. And then wow. there are going to be, yeah, and then there are going to be some new technologies probably in the next couple of weeks here where we're going to be able to see more uh, more offices do point of care testing where you get results back in, in say, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I saw um, in the news today the CDC had approved, um, I don't know what they called it, but it's sort of a new instant test. They actually approved it. Is that something that a physician can order for their office, do you know, and, and then you do the testing? That's what we're looking Yeah, that's one of the technologies that we're looking at. I, um, if it's the one that, that we're looking at, that's one that, that's come out from Abbott. Uh -huh. um, Abbott, has, Abbott has some other machines. They have a, another platform. Um, that allows pretty rapid testing, um, and part of the problem is, is those have been kind of um, uh, being being uh, regulated uh, of, of where the test cartridges go. But my understanding is, starting up here fairly soon, um, they're going to open it up to more and more offices doing testing and. and you know, other urgent care facilities and stuff like that. Well, the irony, um, I think, in that is that they've come out with these new, I guess I'd call it instant tests, and yet yesterday the CDC came out and said that uh, you shouldn't test somebody who's asymptomatic even if they've been exposed. Yeah, there's a lot of debate about that one. Um, I know within our state, uh, I saw some stuff that our state public health department kind of said, no, nah, we still want to do testing in some of those folks. So, you know, I think some of that may also come down to the states of how they still want to attack this and get after it. And, and um, you know, my, yeah, I mean, my personal bias is, I, it, you know, we, we do worry about false positives. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, a couple of months ago, I, I was sort of wondering about, how, you know, what was going to be the false positive. So there, there are some concerns that if we test everybody in the community who's asymptomatic, could we be finding some false positives? But I think we're going to try to figure out some ways of where we can still test people. And then if there's, if there are false positives, maybe doing some confirmatory tests to try to figure out do they truly have it. Um, so how are, you know, we're six, seven months into this. How are your patients coping with, all of the stuff that's gone on the last six months, are you finding that they're um, more stressed than usual? How are you finding them coping? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I would say there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Uh, you know, we're having a few patients where there's some real financial issues, obviously. Yeah. You know, when, you're, when your health insurance is tied to your employment, if you lose your job, yep. um, you know, we're, we're trying to work with some patients on that. It's been tough. Um, and then I would say, you know, I mean, it's tough. I mean, everybody's just 
kind of on edge and I think everybody's tired and irritable and, um, and I, you know, I think my office and me, sometimes we're getting tired and irritable and the patients are getting tired. So it, it's been, it's been, um, yeah, there's a lot of anxiety yeah. and a lot of stress out there still. Cause we don't, you know, we don't know where the finish line is yet. Exactly. That's true. We don't know where the finish line is. I taped a podcast this morning on, um, how your marriage can survive the pandemic <laughs> with a with a local marriage and family therapist, and um, it seemed like an appropriate topic right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. talk for a minute about the schools, Doctor Pasnet, because this is a huge issue, and I know that you are seeing it um, in your patients and probably in friends. You know, what do I do? Do I send my child? Do I not? I know here at Access we've opened up the boardroom, which um, which you're very very familiar with that room, to parents whose children are doing distance learning that they can come into the boardroom and wear masks and social distance, so their parent who's working here on site can go in there every half an hour and make sure they're getting their work done. What are your thoughts on, especially now that we're seeing that there's been cases in almost all the high schools, and now Diedrichson yesterday elementary had quite a few cases what what are your thoughts on that you know this is actually i think the most difficult issue and it's one i have to admit i i um i i've read a lot about it um i this is one i've told people this many many times i have some really really brilliant friends uh colleagues mentors um who are on polar be reopening the schools. I have a couple friends that they make a very convincing argument of, you know, here's how we can contain spread. Here's how we can monitor things. And, you know, we socially, we need to get these kids back to school for, you know, and here are the 25 reasons why school is good for kids beyond just learning. I mean, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a whole socialization thing. And then other people, obviously, you know, um, the incidence is so high in our communities. Why are we putting these kids in here, you know, together? So, I, I don't think we know all the answers yet. I mean, I think we're just going to really have to continue to monitor things yeah. really closely. Yeah. My, you know, my, my initial gut is to, is to try to get the kids back in school. Um, you know, part of the, you know, one of the issues that I think we also need to keep in mind is when we see this happen at colleges, you know, or high schools or even whatever schools, you know, four or five kids tested positive there. That may have been going on for the last couple of months, but because the kids weren't all in one facility, it didn't seem that bad. Right. Um, you know, and we are putting the kids together, so there is that potential for spread. But, um, you know, uh, like I said, there's. I, I think in some ways, you know, what I'm hoping is that with some of the testing and monitoring protocols, maybe by getting these kids back into a structured environment, we'll be able to just sort of uh, test them more regularly, monitor things more regularly, which might help us get the disease under control. So, right. I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of an experiment. I know different states are doing different things. And, um, you know, and but and then I think, you know, also having the – I do think it's important to have some flexibility for some of the families based on what other medical issues are going on in the, in the kids and the parents. Yeah. work issues um it's 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 a tough 
it's a, it's to me, it's one of the toughest things that we've had to deal with with COVID. I agree with that, and it, and you're absolutely right. It's an individual toughness because not every yeah. family is the same, and they have their own unique uh, challenges that they have to face. Let's talk about the flu shot because uh, now nationally they've come out saying that this flu shot this year is more important than ever and i know that um that you're very pro vaccine um why is it more important than ever this year well because the last thing that we want to see we're already worried flu season you know will start ramping up here in you know october november december and you know clinically it's really really tough for me if I have someone who comes in and they're short of breath and they're coughing and they have a fever, it's really hard for me to figure out, is that the flu? Is that COVID? Right. And right. again, we're working on some of the testing, uh, but, you know, we always see an uptick in hospitalizations, you know, in, in pneumonias, uh, respiratory illnesses in the, in the fall and winter, anyhow, due to flu. So, you know, you add COVID on top of that, um, it's, it's, it could really put a strain on the healthcare system and it, and it, you know, it's going to, you know, increase, uh, you know, we'll see more deaths due to influenza. So, you know, we're really trying to get the word out that, yeah, get your flu shot this year, um, you know, and that's going to be one of your best things you can do to help protect yourself from the flu, um, you know, because, and, and the other thing that we do worry about is there's been some, you know, case reports of people that have gotten both the flu and COVID. Yeah. We know COVID is a bad yeah. enough disease. You get the flu on top of it, it's 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 kind of ugly. So Yeah, I, I read uh, that there's two different types of flu shot this year, one for people over sixty five that has um a different different vaccine with it and then people under sixty five. Yeah, there's sort of and, and we've been doing that for the last couple of years. We kinda of have oh, a normal okay. flu shot and then yeah. We kinda of have a normal flu shot and then a and then a, a you know we call it a high dose or a high strength yeah. and it's just it has a few more strains in there and gives you a little bit more protection for for some of the older folks. So do you think Dr. Pasternak that there will be a vaccine by early 2021 and not only that but what are you looking for to make sure that it has been um tested as much as needed to be safe? What are you looking for as a physician in that uh in that vaccine? Um so uh, I actually do think we're going to have a vaccine. I have a bunch of I have a bunch of bottles of wine on the on the line that we'll have a vaccine by January. <laughs> that was been approved. Uh, yeah. So if, if if I lose that bet, I'm going to have to pay out. So <laughs> no, I, I I I'm pretty optimistic. The um, for there's a bunch of different companies working on this. Obviously, there's huge incentives to you know the vaccine would would be really change. Um, you know. The, we would be able to protect sort of the most vulnerable people um, with a vaccine. And there's a bunch of new technologies coming out. You know, the initial stuff that I've seen has actually been really been showing that I think the vaccine efficacy, at least over the period of months is looks really, really effective. Um, The, the, I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for with some of the, the phase three trials that they're doing right now is some of the safety stuff. And that's where that's where we're seeing, you know, at least on the initial data, I'm seeing some of the vaccines look like they're being pretty well tolerated, maybe a three to four percent, you know, minor side effects. Some of them, it's more like 30 to 40 percent of people are getting some side effects. So I, I think it's I think it's I think what we'll probably see is a couple different vaccines come out, 
Um, and then really it's going to be up to, you know, CDC, NIH, FDA, all those big federal organizations to really kind of pick apart which ones that we should be moving forward with. So, you know, and, and obviously as, as you know, the, the, one of the good things about this is that these trials are coming out, that data is coming out really quickly. So I think it's just going to be a matter of looking at a lot of that stuff before we decide what we're going to do. Well, you know, a lot of people are going to be concerned that it's not safe because it's been done so fast. Are, do those do correlate with each other, unsafe and too fast? Well, I'm, I, I'm not going to say, um, yeah, I mean, it is a concern. Um, uh, you know, obviously when a new medication comes out, you know, we have treatment, we have treatment trials, we do safety data, but even when a new medication comes out, you know, I try to be a little bit, I, you know, I'm, I, I tend to sort of say, hey, let's wait, you know, see how these meds work. With the vaccine, um, you know, we might have to take a little bit of a leap of faith here. And yeah. Think, you know, yeah. I, as a healthcare provider, I'm probably going to be one of the first people to get a, to get the vaccine. Right. But, you know, I also weigh that with, you know, I, when I've seen patients with COVID, I've had a lot of fairly young, healthy people get hit really hard with COVID. Um, and so I really don't want to get COVID. And if the yeah. vaccine helps me and if the yeah. safety looks good, you know, that, like I said, it's, it's not optimal, but we're just trying to do the best that we can at this time. So. Yeah, that makes good sense. Let me ask you, because people say, um, when will we get this pandemic under control? We, we hear that on a national level, on a local level, but I don't think anyone's ever said what under control means. Yeah, I, it's a great it's a great question, and I think what under control means is, I mean, I think everyone's kind of established this virus is going to be around, you know, in the same way that other cold viruses are around, the influenza virus, you know, we we haven't gotten rid of the influenza virus, even though we, um, you know, we haven't gotten rid of the measles, the virus that causes measles, even though right. we have a measles vaccine. Right. So I think really the idea behind this is going to be you know, getting this under control to the point where we're not seeing, you know, um, we're not seeing hundreds of people get this every day. We're not seeing, you know, in the state of Nevada, we're not, um, you know, instead of having a couple hundred cases a day, you know, we might have, you know, two or three cases a day or even less. So to me, that's, and, and then under control also means a little bit of um, that we can, you know, go back to normal in terms of having yeah. events, yeah. getting together for concerts, you know, yeah. things like that. So yeah. getting together for, for, you know, to go watch hockey or whatever. So, right. you know, to me that that's, that's when we're going to sort of truly be back to normal. And I, I, I am optimistic that the vaccine, if we get enough people vaccinated, we'll be able to get back to that a little bit quicker. Mm. Well, thank you, Dr. Pasternak, for your thoughts and recommendations today. That was excellent information for us. We've been talking today with Dr. Andy Pasternak, local family practice physician with Silver Sage Center for Family Medicine and Silver Sage Sports and Fitness Lab. Thank you, Dr. Pasternak. Thanks. Always, always fun to talk to you. Yeah, let's uh, let's check in again, uh, say, at the end of the year, uh, because it's yeah. always great. There's always something new to talk about. Yeah, um, or, or I think once we know a little bit maybe more about the vaccine yeah, stuff, that would yeah. be really good. That so, would be yep. super. Thank you, everyone, okay. for listening. All right.
Um, if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, go to accesstohealthcare.org and let us know. And for a list of podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcasts. Be safe. Please wear your mask and please get a flu shot.